Welcome to the New Money Review podcast, the future of money in 30 minutes. I'm Paul Amory, editor of New Money Review. The beginning of 2022 has seen a bloodbath in the cryptocurrency markets. We've gone from all-time highs in Bitcoin to outright panic in just two months. What's going on and what is going to be salvaged from the wreckage? To answer that question, I'm joined by Martin Walker, a computer scientist and former banker. Listen in for the next 30 minutes to hear Martin's thoughts on the rapidly deflating crypto bubble and what's similar and what's different to a previous market mania, the dot-com boom of 99-2000. You can support the New Money Review podcast by becoming a patron. Details of how to do so are on our website, newmoneyreview.com, in the right margin. Even a few dollars, pounds or euros a month will help me grow the site and keep giving you access to the best thinkers in technology, finance and academia. Martin, welcome to the New Money Review podcast. Could you please start by telling listeners a bit about yourself and your area of work? I have been working in capital markets for uh, about 25 years, split between actually working for investment banks and for financial technology companies. So I've run quite large IT departments, worked in product management. But I've also, last few years, done quite a lot of work uh, researching around fintech in general. Um, so I had a few papers published, uh, given evidence to the Treasury Select Committee, written a book. Um, people, pe- people seem to, people seem to like asking me my opinions on various things. Uh, well, that, that, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, I'd like to ask you your opinion about um, some very topical subjects: blockchain, decentralization, DeFi, Web three. Perhaps we could start with decentralization and what was it in your opinion that drove the interest in this topic after the financial crisis well you're going to find one of the annoying things about me is i I I tend to actually think a lot about the meanings of terms that's perfect that's how i like to do things too centralization decentralization as it's been used in the in the, the fintech and the blockchain world has actually turned into a very very confusing term that's that's um mingles concepts from technology from organizations and also to also from from markets as a whole uh, in terms of centralization when in reality you're actually talking about degrees of monopoly power so um these are all real things but the, the the trouble is there's so much money particularly on the on on the crypto space i'm afraid the term centralization and decentralization has actually seemed to have turned into an excuse to avoid actual accountability uh, for running businesses, for running for running financial financial infrastructure. To, to actually answer your answer your question, um, I mean, when we talk about the interest in decentralisation post the well, the financial crisis was still going on in two thousand and eight, but two thousand eight is the year of the of of the Bitcoin paper. So I was. And I've always found there's a huge disconnect between what was going on in 2007 to 2009, 2010 in terms of the great financial crisis and what the Bitcoin paper was actually talking about. So in the, in the, in the, in the financial crisis, which I experienced as, 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 uh, I, as an IT manager in, in, in an investment bank, I saw financial innovation out of control, uh, lacks lacks credit uh, provision, uh, regulators who just who just uh, lost lost their grip, as as well as actual just reckless reckless behaviour in the financial sectors and, and outright fraud. 
but particularly around areas like um, derivatives markets. Now, you look at the Bitcoin paper and, um, you know, there's the famous in the in the in the Genesis block mention about the banking bailout. And you look at what what it's actually about. And it's a rather bizarre payments infrastructure that uses a private currency and really has nothing whatsoever to do with any of the actual problems that we saw in the financial crisis. So I find there's this huge, <laughs> huge disconnect. But this this kind of conceptual disconnect and logic between the actual real world problems that you see in the financial system, wherever they're te- technological, regulatory, whatever, and what you see coming out of of the crypto world and the and the block and to a certain extent the block enterprise blockchain world in terms of solutions, that that disconnect between actual problems and and what they claim are the solutions is is still huge, if not actually bigger than between what was actually going on during the great financial crisis and and what was in the what was in the bitcoin paper okay is it possible in any way to measure decentralization well if you actually try to break it up into different dimensions um each of which has a sl- possibly slightly different definition you, you 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 can to some extent look at it so if you're if you're looking at in in the kind of the blockchain crypto world for instance, and how that parallels to the the real world of financial infrastructure, you can have degrees of centralization about who writes the who writes the code and determine what codes gets deployed, um, who who runs the infrastructure, um, who who actually does transaction processing, which overlaps with who runs the infrastructure, as well as actually. Um, who's actually managing the process of buying and selling assets. So if you break it up like that, you can actually start looking at degrees of centralization. So if, for instance, you look at starting with Bitcoin, um, how centralized that is in terms of actually who did, who did, who writes the code and determ- determines what code runs on nodes, that's really very centralized because you've got one or two mining pools that, that, that actually determine stuff, which is also means you've got a really high degree of cent- organizational centralization in terms of transaction pro, uh, transaction processing if you look at the buying and selling of crypto assets which which isn't just bitcoin but others you 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 have a there are dozens and dozens of cryptocurrency exchanges but really uh, there there is there is something i would describe as big crypto there is a very small number of interconnected cryptocurrency exchanges uh, which which seem to seem to work together so there is actually a v- very high degree of centralization if if you if you look at that in terms like market power, mon- mon- monopoly power. And then if you're looking at like some of the smaller cryptocurrencies, there, <laughs> uh, there, is, there is just uh, on those di- dimensions, there is just there is literally just a facade of centralization. There is there is a there is a company with an office and a registration. A facade of, de- of decentralization or of centralization? Of, of, of central, a facade yeah. of decentralization. Yes. yes. So, you know, if you've got this is a company with an office, with employees, registered at company's house, which writes the software, makes money out of running, uh, even say a, a DeFi mechanism. It's it's it is it is just a, it's just just a facade, and but it's a facade that seems to be effective enough to confuse regulators. Yeah, let's talk about a bit about regulation and 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 maybe starting in the US. Now, the the, the SEC has taken the view up to now that that you know, Bitcoin was sufficiently decentralized. Not to be labelled as a 
security is offering. And it came to the same conclusion with Ethereum, which is probably a more controversial one. Um, but a lot of the, well, the ICO boom that happened in 2018, those were all you know, retrospectively labeled as securities offerings. And maybe something similar will happen with the, with the current token boom. Do you think, it's obviously a tough job for regulators. Do you think they've got it? Uh, are, they, are they heading in the right direction now or, or they've made some fundamental mistakes? Um, I've... I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of financial crises, um, which which are often crises of regulation as much 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 as anything. I started working in investment banking during during the, during the dot com era. I worked for the great financial crisis, and I've I've seen the 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 great great crypto bubble, and it is it is very frustrating because if you are actually close close to the explosion of some of these things when it all goes wrong, you can you can see it happening. Um, before before it all goes wrong um but so yes it is it, it it's it is very frustrating on many many levels that regulation always seems to be a long way behind the curve and uh, some someone used the expression the the, the, re, the regulators tidy up the bodies rather than stop people getting killed yeah but in defense of the regulators you can't just put things at the doors of the regulators because it's not just the crypto and the DeFi world. If you look at the 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 financial world since since the great wave of um, financial innovation began with 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 the uh, with the uh, the Big Bang in the UK and the uh, the the death of the Glass Steagall Act in 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 the in the US, the regulators were always, always on the back foot compared to innovation, and there's limits. Regulators. Regulators ultimately, what they can do is determined by the law, um, and there is a responsibility on politicians as well to to actually look at what the politicians and governments and to look at what's going on and actually adjust the laws so that uh, when you do have these things which are bubbling away and potentially causing which can potentially cause huge problems, that the regulators actually have the powers. To bring to 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 bring things which are potentially dangerous within their within their regulatory perimeter, because that because otherwise the otherwise the otherwise the otherwise the regulators are are, are basically relying on 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 the, the courts and precedents and and but but on things go things going severely wrong. So the regu- regulators have a really really hard job, and you you have to look at governments and central banks as well. In terms of actually understanding what's going on, but the the one thing I would say that really needs to change, in terms of how the regulators approach, not just things happening now, but over the decades, is the regulators' mindset and powers need to be such that they actually treat things which are really economically equivalent on the on the same basis. You know, you tweak something a little bit, it falls outside the regulated parameter. Or you create this veneer of decentralization, or or or, or, or techno babble, and then suddenly the regulator doesn't know how to, how how to, how to handle it. So they have a really hard job. But I do yeah. think there are things things that the, the regulators need to change in their in their approach. Yeah, but we're surely now beginning to see you know a, a, a crackdown. We've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks that the. the uh, you know, the people have taken been, been uh, objecting to the content of a lot of crypto ads and public transport. That they've, they've started to restrict those. It's happening in a number of countries. I mean, the, the the mood seems to have changed in terms of 
how different regulatory bodies are approaching things? To some extent, yes. But if you're following this very closely, there, there, there have been sort of waves of reaction by regulators yeah. and the public to, to crypto. I think it's pos- I think there's positive trends in the way regulators and some politicians are are, are are looking at some of these things now, but but you know there was there there was there 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 was a pushback to a certain extent like two years ago, but such was the wave of money that then flowed into crypto. Suddenly, everybody, including the conventional uh, financial sector, suddenly started thinking, "Oh, this is this is the next big thing again." And this is probably like the fourth wave of crypto being the next big thing. And the 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 the, the other problem, which I think uh, getting this under some kind of control, is that be- you've had these waves of hype, re- reaction, hype, reaction, but the this current wave in terms of the amount of um, money that's gone into crypto means that the crypto industry has has now got huge resources for lobbying yeah even though there is this reaction the crypto lobby is just uh, has just got so rich and has become so powerful and is 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 not as we've seen over the last 12 months it's it's not just like random politicians who have a vague interest in this who they have been uh, take it, taking into like the crypto, you know, you've got senators, congressmen, MPs, uh, countries like El, 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 El Salvador who've actually been, you know, bought essentially into the crypto lobby. Which, which, so the noises are good, but you've got a big, you've got a big lobby you need to confront to actually make positive changes around the regulation of this area. Yeah. So, how is it ever going to be possible for for an individual government or individual regulator to to make inroads because I mean we can take the example of, of Binance it's a very interesting story the the biggest crypto exchange by reported volumes it's uh, it's you know been involved in a cat and mouse game with regulators and governments around the world for uh, for for years and and last year the UK regulator said you know we can't even we can't we don't really know what to do with Binance yes. because it's not within our scope to to regulate it but but they can't you know beyond that there's not much they can do and and as we've seen they they continue to operate. You know, it's on the internet. Anyone can can join in and trade tokens there. It's it's pretty difficult to combat, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, I think you need a. <laughs> sorry, I don't say need in terms of I want it to happen, but I I think ultimately you 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 to get things under proper control, you need some degree of international cooperation. I don't really see that happening until you've actually had this a really really major crash where a lot of ordinary people have lost their money, and I hope that doesn't happen. But but I think that's the only thing that would actually provoke yeah. um, international cooperation. But that being said, there's plenty individual regulators can do to actually try to bring this un- under some degree of control within their own jurisdiction. If you just look at things in terms of just uh, it's uh, free for all, or you've switched it all off. Uh, that's not the choice. It's actually, can I get a degree of control control over that? So, in terms of just practical things regulators can do uh, within their own jurisdiction, on onshore onsh, onshore businesses need to be reg, reg, regulated or even just switch switch uh, banned in some cases. Um, as an as an asset class as an asset class, if you look at, for instance at cryptocurrency exchanges. Even the ones that claim to be regulated, 
they are not regulated as trading entities. They're, reg- they're regulated in, in terms of AML, KYC, but, or, or money services, yeah. but not, not as trading entities. So um, you could properly, re- properly regulate those. Um, you, you're talking about the order, the way the order books function, and and uh, and, and all yes, the kinds of rules that normal, normal exchanges have to have to beyond, follow. Yes, even beyond that, it's it's the it's the fact that uh, there's so many conflicts of interest. An exchange can't margin finance its customers. An mm. exchange does not take trading positions against its customers. In in the, in the traditional financial markets, in the traditional not financial yeah. markets, it's not they're perfect, but you yeah. just can't can't do that you yeah. have to have a level of operational resilience otherwise a regulator comes around and uh beats you with a, a big stick unlike what we've seen in the crypto markets where if the prices go the wrong way all the exchanges mysteriously switch off yeah so there are tangible things you can do and, and of course you know you can do things like banning advertising etc expand some of the some of the perimeters but th- there's, but there's ultimately someone wants to gamble on this kind of stuff and get money out of their country and gamble on it. You, you ultimately that you're not going to stop hardcore, essentially de- degenerate gamblers from doing that. But there's plenty of stuff you can do to actually reduce the scope of it and the degree to which it's uh, le- legitimized. As long as it's yeah. legitimized, you you'll get lots of ordinary people. Um, investing or speculating on, on on things which are really really corrupted and manipulated markets yeah where do you think the weak points of the crypto market are in terms of if when we're looking to combat this where, where what are the weak points is it is it the exchanges where you know they're maybe not being run uh with the right risk systems is it the stable coin system is it the is it the crypto lending market that's been booming recently you know if you if you had to pick a the biggest, potential the, the weak biggest, point, what would it be? The biggest weak point, I'd say, is actually the, the stable coins, notably Tether. Yeah. Um, Tether is still used as, as the currency in the majority of cryptocurrency transactions. You have this hugely leveraged quasi-bank that is, uh, just, in spite of the attestations of what their assets are supposed to be, this is essentially a, a, a major, major bank and payments company that has no real form of financial regulation whatsoever and you have no real idea what's actually really going on in Tether and um, I I find it quite bizarre that um, if you compare Tether to some of the historic uh, predecessors like the Liberty Reserve or eGold there are criminal prosecutions of people actually running unregulated quasi-bank stroke uh, payments networks for, yep. for for forms of what look like conven- conventional money, I think the so I think that's the big one, but I think the 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 exchanges is is the um, getting control of the uh, getting some control over the exchanges is is the other one. But even there, uh, that that is a major major point of weaknesses. And I think if some of those were actually regulated <laughs> regulated on a on a like for like basis with conventional financial sector, they 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 would they would just they would just close down. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do you think Tether has been so uh, you know relatively bulletproof? Uh, in its early days, it had you know some a few occasions when it lost its one to one dollar peg, but in in recent years it hasn't, and that's despite all the you know the lawsuits that have come out and the evidence that's been produced that it 
wasn't fully backed for extended periods of time. And and then you know last year we had the Bloomberg article saying that they 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 have a lot of commercial paper loans to Chinese companies of you know uncertain. And names. also they seem to have crypto assets as part of their backing. And they're using crypto assets as collateral and they're, you know, they're in bed with the crypto lending platforms and still nothing seems to shake it. What, what, what does that tell well, you? Well, I think there's, there's, there's two themes around Teva. One is the, um, um, one is the fact that there's a relatively number of players, as, as I call them, big crypto, who really control this industry the big the big exchanges teva uh, and a, a few uh, the mining pools and some of the some of the, some of the, some of the big investors it is really not in their interest for 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 teva to be to 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 be treated in any kind of rational basis um there's 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 and there's no logical reason why uh, given it's it's offshore this this doesn't seem to be Forget the reserves. There doesn't seem to be any capital uh, buffer set aside. There's no reason why why one Teva should be worth a dollar. What 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 whatsoever. But it's it's in it's it's in the interest of a of a group of very small, very very rich people to actually maintain this illusion. The other side is 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 regulatory. So I know the the the. Um, the uh, New York Attorney General, the Department of Justice, have been trying to do what they can do, but if you look at this, but this comes back to the. I think to a large extent, this comes back to the, the problem of um, regulatory perimeters, clarity, what's uh, um, clarity about what's in and out of uh, regulation, and even if you so, if you look at like eGold, Liberty Reserve before the crypto age. It took many years and multiple court cases to establish that the regulators actually had the powers to do something about those uh, earlier digital currencies. So I think that's that's a big problem as well. But I also think there's a, there's a degree of reluctance by, by many regulators to be seen as anti-innovation. That's one of the things I really, really find disturbing about the, the, the current age is that many regulators now have a pro in a pro financial innovation agenda which yeah we I, saw that uh, I, I i found that, that that was a part of the when the uk's financial conduct authority said this week it wanted to crack down on crypto advertising I, it was noticeable in the for at least to me in the in their statement that they said you know that we, we want to make sure that we're innovative and we're open to innovation I, we're open actually, to fintech it's the same I, thing i find that absolutely astounding i can understand uh there, there are other bodies within within the state, Department of Trade, Industry, whatever, who should be encouraging uh, various forms of innovation. But the number one duties of the regulators should be about protecting the public, protecting the financial sector, and the and the the FCA's um, innovation agenda has really really clouded things. And if you look at many of the businesses that have actually gone through the FCA sandbox, which is actually taken by the businesses that go through the innovation sandbox as a stamp of approval. Many of those are crypto businesses. I, 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 just, I just find this absolutely flabbergasting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, given what you said about Tether being maybe protected by big interests in the, in the crypto market, does it then follow from that that if something happens to Tether, uh, 
then they are going to go down with it. Or, or if something happens to yes, them, then Tether yes. goes down with them. Yes. So it'll all, go down to get, it'll all go down together in, in your opinion. They'll, they'll all go down together, but that doesn't mean that all of them will be wiped out. But I think they, 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 some businesses would completely go down, but m- many of the, the, the big crypto would just lose huge amounts of money, even if some of that's like notion, notional profits. Yeah. And c- if we compare to, you know, you started the conversation by talking about the dot-com era of 99, 2000, which I also remember well. And, uh, you know, w- when when that collapsed, a lot of the dot-coms just, they disappeared. And a lot of the, comp- you know, the, the bigger tech companies were nearly wiped out. I mean, I remember Amazon shares trading down to near zero in 2001. What do you think, you know, what are the similarities between now and then? Are we going to see something very similar or is it going to be different in well, any, any I notable think way? What, what, what's, what's different this time is we actually, it's, there's a bubble of bubbles. There are so mm. many bubbles at the same time. There is a fintech bubble. There's a crypto bubble. There's the meme stock bubble. Um, it's uh, a real estate yeah. bubble. The real estate yeah. bubble, electric vehicles bubble. Um, and I think a lot of that is just a a, 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 a consequence of very, very low uh, interest, very low zero interest rates and, and yep. the search for yield. But I've never, never seen so many bubbles at the same time. And there are degrees of interconnection between them. And it's just... It's just mind-blowing to actually figure out how is this actually going to play out. And um, in terms of positives afterwards, um, so if we go back to the internet bubble, you could make an argument that, you know, that what was built, a lot of unnecessary infrastructure was built, but some of it was actually very useful for what you know for the internet economy that followed. Um, you know, what's what's is there something similar going on this time? Well. I think if you look at the fintech bubble, there 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 are some areas where you've actually seen some very real advancements around uh, remittances, the ones using crypto, um, uh, reg, reg, reg tech. But I I do have to wonder whether was the bubble necessary to actually make those advances, since the the, the more successful ones actually seem to be profitable with businesses uh, regardless. Um. It, it, it's it, I, 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 I struggle to see actually actually <laughs> major uh, advances actually actually being how should I put this I struggle to see um, whether the proportionality between the, the amount of money invested and what's coming out of it it just it just seems even worse than the it seems even worse than the dot com bubble yeah I saw yeah. You, you you wrote somewhere online um uh, that more damage is created when bubbles are in being inflated than than when they burst. What, what, why do you, why is that true? So, what happens when a bubble? Inf- what happens when a when a, a bubble inflates? Um, is what fundamentally stops working is the pricing mechanism. So, what capitalism? What what makes capitalism work is the is is the price mechanism, uh, not just for for goods and services, but also on risk and investments. Uh, when 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 you get when you when you get a bubble, whether it's in, whether it's actually building railways or, or, or fiber optic cable, or if it's just a consumption bubble, like essentially much of the great financial crisis was, the price the pricing mechanism just stops working. You know, people people are buying 
the 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 price of risk for for prolonged periods, including now, is just completely wrong. So, when the bubble is expanding, you get a massive misallocation of capital. Truly massive, um, and it goes it goes. Looking at this bubble of bubbles, you you see allocation of capital to things which are zero sum games, which are inherently just value destroying, like the crypto crypto industry. You see, you see, you see massive uh, possible overinvestment in, in 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 electric vehicles. Some some of those firms just basically just look fraudulent. Um, and I think part part of the problem with, with the conventional approach to dealing with bubbles the last twenty years is always to try to reflate the bubble um, yeah. by cutting interest rates by QE and. The trouble with kind to of trying to reflate, re continually reflate the bubble is you are just break you're just making the price mechanism more and more broken, which means more capital mis- misallocation, which is why why we've, why we've got this bubble of bubbles. It's not like I believe. So in, that money has basically just been 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 wasted. You know, you might just sort of just, been, burn, just burn it and, and heat your home with it, and uh, and 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 rather than yes. just yeah yes. So that money could have been spent on building bridges or building bridges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you could have just built a hospital, company. schools. Yeah, hospitals, and it's just been wasted. Schools, could have had a nicer house. Whatever, yeah. but it's yeah. um, yeah. it's 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 just total. It's massive misallocation of capital. Right. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty sober assessment of where we are. Um, looking ahead to the rest of twenty twenty two, what are you what are you keeping an eye on most? Um, what I'm trying to, well, what I will be keeping an eye on is actually the, the impact of, 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 uh, tapering back QE and reducing, uh, increasing interest rates. Um, cause base, you, you know, this bubble of bubbles is based on leverage. Um, leverage is a function of, of how much you're actually paying for capital. So, if anything is going to uh, start getting us back to normal, it's that. But then, as I said, you've got this interconnected bubble of bubbles, and it, it will be very. It's it's you know this is going to this is a very chaotic system. It's going to be very hard to predict how things are actually how things are actually going to uh, going to play out. And it may only take a small rise in interest rates to set things off in a. Chaotic yes, and you, and you and you don't know which bubble burst burst, burst first, and it's yeah. just a, you know, I've, you, I'm sure you've seen this as well. Like the who would think that you would have the 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 electric vehicles bubble interconnected with the cryptocurrency bubble, thanks to through, Elon Musk. Yeah, it's, through Doge Coin. I was looking on the website of Tesla. You could buy a steel a stainless steel whistle for for three hundred Doge Coin. I mean, it's kind of absurd, but uh, there we are. Yeah, and um, <laughs> MicroStrategy, um, Michael Salo, it's. Uh, He's, he's a, here is a survivor that of the of the dot com bubble. Um, it's amazing it survived, which is which is <laughs> it's it's a it's a crypto hedge fund with a small technology business attached to it. It's just yeah. absolutely bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So stra- strange strange times, and it's hard to see what might cause something else to happen. Yes. Yeah, Martin. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat. It's been a very interesting uh, conversation and. Uh, Look forward to seeing how things uh, progress in 2022. 
my pleasure. I'm keeping the <laughs> fingers crossed some sanity returns. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the New Money Review podcast, The Future of Money in 30 Minutes. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like it, share it, or tell a friend about it. At our website, newmoneyreview.com, you can also sign up to our newsletter, which will keep you informed of all New Money Review articles and podcasts. If you'd like to support our work, you can do so via Patreon. Details of how to do this are on the homepage of our website. Finally, please join us soon for our next episode.